together here in his name we lift our voices to him who
It's got to be the units turned down. That channel's turned down. No, the channel down below. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Hear me then, whole song. Test one. There. Amen. Thank you, Cedric. <laughs> the head technician over there. Praise the Lord. God is so good, so good. You know, when you find that hiding place in Christ, all hell can be going on on the outside, but you're at peace on the inside. Jesus said, peace I give to you, but not as the world gives. Give I thee. It's not the same peace that the world's looking for, but it's the peace that's inside of us. A peace that passes all understanding. That hiding place is called a secret pavilion. Hides us in the cleft of the rock. The hiding place. That place in Christ. I found that hiding place. In the cleft of the rock I found that place In Jesus Christ The Son of God Where peace and joy Do abound oh, Praise His name I have found That hiding place in the cleft of the rock That hiding place in the cleft of the rock. I found that place in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, where peace and joy do abound. Praise His name, I have found that hiding place. In the cleft of the rock, that hiding place. In the cleft of the 
promises of God said if you'll draw near to me then I'll draw near to you somebody said well I want to be closer to God all you got to do is draw near to him he promises he'll draw back near to you just envelop yourself in the Lord this morning with holy union full of Jesus for his presence is here this morning said he dwells in the midst of praise and where two or more gathered he is in the midst Draw near to God, 
and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands and purify your heart. Awake to righteousness and never sin again. And you will sing hallelujah to the King. Come on and praise Him. Well, singing hallelujah, hallelujah, we'll praise and worship to our Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. We're singing hallelujah, hallelujah, we'll praise and worship to our Lord.
Jesus, we're depending on you, oh Jesus, we're depending on you, Jesus, we're depending on you, depending on you to see us through. Jesus, we're depending on you, oh Jesus, we're depending on you, Jesus, we're depending on you, depending on you to see us through, depending on you to see Got no sound, Brother Don. I don't hear it either. Right after the music stopped. Okay, what about now? Yeah, now we're coming through. Good, good. Thank you, Tommy. Well, well, praise God. I wonder if we got any prayer requests this morning. On your heart. I want to lift up JB. He's um, going through some times right now, so we want to keep him in prayer. Lift him up to the Lord, that the Lord will have his way in his life. Thank the Lord. Anybody else? I know we got to share with a lot of people yesterday, too. Um, we, uh, it was a blessing, so uh, we want to lift up those to the Lord that we got to uh, share with. Um, I know there was... Um, what was the name? Some of them, uh, Emily, Kim and Emily. Yeah, Kim and Emily. If you're watching on YouTube, can we put up YouTube and Zoom too? 
uh, they were, I mean, uh, I, I went into shirt in the, in the uh, Sam's and I had the shirt on that. My, my wife had just made me about I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I stopped sinning and uh, she said, oh, I like your shirt. And I, I said, wow, this is going to be a good door here. So we, we started talking and man, uh, Jill and, um, and Taylor came over uh, and then Bridget came over. And I think, I think uh, y'all talked to her, must have been about two hours, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good while, yeah, but they had some really good opportunity with them. So we want to keep those in, in prayer, them in prayer. And also, what was the name of the Charlotte. Charlotte also, yeah. Bridget was talking, and I went up and talked with some of them. There was another guy named Randy that we talked to. Uh, anybody else? Uh, I know we talked to a lot of folks, so. But uh, anyway, it was a blessing, a blessing to be out there. Sister Bridget? Prayer. Um, his uh, worker, Joseph, his little girl has uh, Bell's palsy, and he just messaged him about it this morning on the way to work. Um, I don't remember her name. Um, Gabby, I'm sorry. I had to think about it. Gabby? Yeah. Um, okay. But she has, um, she has a couple of health issues, but um, I think autism maybe, but she is uh, having a, a dropped a facial paralysis is mm. what Bell's palsy is. Okay. okay. And she's only like Nine or ten. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, last night I talked to a man named Paul for a couple of hours, and he has a lot of health issues. Um, like his his nerves and his body just cause him to twitch and twitch and twitch all the time. Okay. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Cedric, would you want to open up in prayer, my brother? Thank you. Paul, uh, JB, Gabby, and the uh, people we shared with yesterday that we had the doors with. Kim and Emily and, uh, and Charlotte. Amen. Charlotte, Kim, Emily, Lord, JB, and those others, Lord God, I just lift these up to you, these requests that was made this morning, Lord. First of all, thank you for this beautiful service, Lord God, you have put together, you orchestrated, Lord. Uh, we just pray, God, that this uh, would be a blessing to you, Lord God, for this is your platform, Lord. We're your vessels, Lord, uh, worthy of honor and not dishonor, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would um, just have your way this meeting, Lord. And for those that are not here, Father, that you would just touch them, Lord. I pray, God, that um, whatever the enemy's doing right now uh, against this fellowship, I just pray against it in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I just pray that Satan would not have his way in this in this fellowship, Lord. But I pray, Lord God, that you, Father, will uh, strengthen the brethren here, Lord God. I pray, God, that you would uh, help us all to continue, Lord God, and to endure trials and to endure uh, tribulation, Lord God. Uh, not to receive anything against anyone, uh, but, for, but, Lord, to uh, continue to be faithful to you and submissive to one another. Uh, I lift up Tony and Shirley, Lord God, the two women that we ministered to a while back at the Sam's Club. Lord, just lift them up as they continue to watch in with us that they would continue also, Lord, if there's anything we could do to help them, Lord God. Uh, and I just thank you, Lord God, for the brethren here that are faithful, Lord, that are consistent, Lord. And I pray you would bless them, Father, for, the, for, their, for their consistency. In Jesus' name. Well, good morning. Um, I wanted to open up with um, things in my heart. Um, it's, it's very grieving and I know you all have circumstances in your own lives of loved ones, people you care about, people you shared with, brethren that have come into fellowship, 
and we get close to them, we love on them, and we, we hope the best for them, and um, then we see some fall away or go away, or the family members or loved ones reject you and persecute you and come against you harshly. It's not a strange thing that this will happen to you and that not many will follow and not many will hear your words. We were warned of this. I know Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said that Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. Demas was a close, close disciple to Paul and walked and journeyed in evangelism with Paul, but he left and he went back to the world. And he talked about several other ones that did as well. And he said, at the last, he says, none stood with me but the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be willing, like the song we sing sometimes, though none go with me, still I will follow. And to endeavor to walk this walk and to not to grow weary in well-doing. Is it painful? Is it hurt? The Bible says that Jesus himself was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. When he had, um, I think it was close to around 70 disciples of his walk away. When he said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you will have no life in you. And the saying was too hard for them and they walked away. His own disciple and apostle that even made an apostle out of the 70 disciples or more. He, he made him an apostle because he thought so much of him. Um, betrayed him, Judas Iscariot, betrayed him and sold him for a few coins and let him go. So it's not a strange thing, brethren, that uh, there's not many of us and that, there, uh, and that we are rejected for what we preach yeah. because we preach what the Bible says and we stand on that. And man, if we could, if we could persuade or we could... Uh, some way make other people uh, come in and enjoy it and, and be able to give them the peace and joy that you have within yourselves, you would certainly do it. But don't be distraught um, because we do have those that do continue. And that was the joy, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. It says that uh, consider him who endured such great contradiction of sinners, lest you go weary. He said that... Um, that Christ endured the cross, despised the shame for the joy that was set before him. And you are the joy that was set before him, those that did follow. So we are to keep focused on those that are continuing, those that are truly our brethren that have walked this out. And I, I think that it's always a good thing to always uh, stand up for your brethren. Don't receive accusation against them. The Bible even says in 1 Timothy 5, receive not an accusation against an elder except it be by two or three witnesses and then you know, he that sins rebuke before all. But if someone has something with a brother, go to that brother, you and him alone and, and, and do that, not run away, not clam up. So um, uh, it's a blessing to have you guys. It's a miracle that any of us are here to walk in this truth of the Lord. So you are called, you're sanctified, you're chosen, and you're justified to walk in this. This is the most important thing in my life. And I hope that it is the most important thing in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ and my fellowship with my brethren. Uh, you can have all the, the junk that the world has to offer. It, it lies in wickedness. I'm not going to. I'm finished with all that. I'm, I'm living my life completely out for the Lord, and I believe that you guys are too as well. So what a blessing to come together with brethren that are like-minded walking in the truth. I want to open up, first of all, you know, as a body of Christ, um, to you guys and see if uh, there's anything has anybody has something on their heart this morning 
that may be troubling them or maybe a scripture that you may need to understand or a doctrine or anything that you may have that may benefit the body or benefit you. Uh, a revelation, anything that you have, anything you have question of, we're always here for that first. Does anybody have anything on their hearts this morning? All right, praise the Lord. Well, welcome everyone uh, up there on YouTube and Zoom. Good to have you, Wesley and Eric, Julian, Samuel and Jessica, Tommy, good to have you, brother. Uh, good to have uh, uh, Travis with us this morning. Praise the Lord. Eli, what a blessing to have both of you. Uh, brother Braxton, we miss you. Brother Jonathan, Sister Sadrian, all these. Uh, Sister Shayla, uh, Terry, I'm missing you. I'm missing Larry this morning. I hope he's okay. Brother Christopher, and of course, Eric Deschatel and, and uh, our other brother Eric as well. And Joel, good to see all of you this morning. Welcome this morning. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, um, go with me then to um, anybody. Nobody has anything then. Okay. So I'm going to go. I'm going to just take off in this direction and see where the Lord leads us. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 10. I'd like to go to. First Corinthians 10, we see that the Lord is talking about the children of Israel, how they went through Egypt, were all baptized by Moses when they went through the Red Sea, and um, they all drank the same spiritual drink, which was Christ, the same spiritual meat. Um, they were tempted in the wilderness, just like we're tempted. And, uh, but they continued to fail the temptation. When they got hungry, they began to complain. When they got thirsty, they began to thirst. thirst. And the Bible, allowed, uh, the Bible says God allowed them to be tempted because he, he, he wanted them to be tested. And in, in our lives, we have the same things where we're tempted and tested in our lives of sometimes when uh, maybe things are short or things, uh, somebody comes against us, how are you going to react to that is the whole key. Um, and it goes on and it says, uh, verse 9, it says, Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents when they were complaining. Neither murmur ye, which is complaining, as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them, unto them for examples. That's our examples of what they did. You need to learn by this. And they are written for, for our admonition, for our instruction, like don't do this same thing. So what do people do? They do the same thing. Yeah. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Right. And I got to go ahead and do the next verse while I'm there, but that's the verse I want to key in on. Let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. There is no temptation Taking you, but such as is common to man. In other words, we all undergo the same sort of temptation. But God is faithful, who will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able, but will, through the temptation, provide a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Idolatry is anything that gets in the way or distracts you from your relationship in God. That's what idolatry. I used to think, well, you know, we're not worshiping idols. We don't have no statues or anything. No, idolatry is anything 
that distracts you from coming and being with the brethren or walking in the Lord, anything that can distract you to take your mind off of Christ is your idol. That's why he says flee all idols. But I want to key in on, wherefore let him that thinketh that he standeth take heed lest he fall. And I was just praying on that the other morning and, and my heart was heavy and the Lord was, uh, was putting on my heart some things. And the scripture says in what is the Proverbs 11, 1, Brother Cedric, it says a false, uh, a false balance is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord wants you to have a balance in your life, especially in the Word of God. A lot of people tend to see something and they go in one direction. And like you have a pendulum, you have a pendulum, there's one direction to the right, there's another direction to the left. You can go way over one side, or, and then somebody sees something different, they way on the other side, and so you're lopsided. But where the Lord wants you is in the middle. A, a good balance in what the Word of God says. So I want to show a balance in the Word of God on some particular subjects, you know, that, that we can talk about in God's Word. Um, and I want to, first of all, I feel to, to go, since we're in 1 Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just a few chapters from where you are. I want to ask the question, or how do I put this? Um, you know, we sang a song. The last song we sang, Jesus, we're depending on you to take us through. Is it Jesus that you're depending on to take you through? Or is it you depending on to take you through? Is it all God? And we talked about that some, but I want to balance it out today. Is it all God? Or is it all you? Or which way is it really? Toward repentance? Toward your life in Christ? toward everything that goes on. And I want to show some things here and give you both sides. There's a lot of scripture on this, so we'll probably be going through a lot of scriptures. And if you have questions or you have comments, I want to hear them, okay? Because I want to see what the Lord has. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is speaking, and he starts out and says, and talks about that, um, that you are saved if you keep in memory those things that I preached to you, lest you believed in vain. So, boy, that does away with once saved, always saved, doesn't it? <laughs> and then he goes on down and he talks about the witness of Christ, that, you know, he, how many people witnessed him that were alive at the time that he lived. You know, he said, what does he say? It was like, uh, what, 500 uh, people, that, that uh, brethren, that saw Jesus after the resurrection, such proof of history of the resurrection of Christ. And that's what proves the, the um, proves our Lord, proves the word of God to us, is that he was witnessed by so many people. Uh, he says a great number of them fell asleep at his time that had died, but he said there was still a lot who he, he said even myself the Lord appeared to and spoke to last of all. And he goes on and he talks about uh, verse 9. He said, um, for I am the least of the apostles that am not even worthy to be called an apostle because of what he did to the church, but how he persecuted the church. But that by the grace of God, I am what I am. Isn't that a blessing? That he could have gone that far and did that much, and yet God poured his grace out on him and raised him up as one of the greatest apostles in the whole New Testament. He wrote more New Testament books and raised up more churches, was persecuted more than anybody else was, was used by God more than anybody else that I can see. 
and yet he persecuted, he killed Stephen. He caused uh, Christians, tried to get Christians to blaspheme God. He arrested him and put him in jail. He tortured them. He did all these things, yet God did this in his life. So that gives hope to anybody for whatever they've done in their past. Thank you, Lord. The Lord can use you. Matter of fact, in, uh, we were talking about the other day, and after Asa had sinned in 2 Chronicles, he, he said it, he looks to and fro throughout the earth uh, for one whose heart is perfect toward the Lord that he can show his strength through. So he's looking for that one person that says, says okay, Lord, my heart, you, get your heart. My heart's perfect with you, Lord. Use me to do as you would and use your grace. But so he says in verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. It was, it was good. But I labored more abundantly than they all. So Paul is saying here, man, I did, I went after it more than anybody else went after it. I, I, I sold out more than anybody went out, did. I got persecuted more than anybody. I labored at the gospel more than any one of the other apostles. But then look what he says. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So we see something else there, a Paul doing, but you also see a doing of God also. Yeah. You see that? Yeah, you see, he show, he's showing that I labored, but yet it wasn't just I, it was the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that was working through me. Um, now, if you go, let's talk about the grace a little bit. Let's go to um, uh, the book of um, Hebrews, chapter, chapter 5. And we'll start at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed from the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. In Hebrews 10, he says, let us hold fast our profession of faith. So Jesus became that great high priest. And he also became the sacrificial lamb. That's Hebrews chapter 4. Excuse me, guys. Verse 14. I see everybody looking around. Okay, I'm sorry. Chapter 4. Just seeing if you know your Bible well enough, we'll know where the verse is, right? <laughs> so we have this great high priest, which is also the sacrificial lamb that passed in the heavens. So he tells us, seeing we have this, don't let go. You've got a reward waiting for you. I hath not seen, nor the ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things the Lord has prepared for you. For we have not a high priest which could not be touched with the feeling of our, our weaknesses, but was, all, was in all points tipped like as we are, yet without sin. This, here's the next verse, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, found that grace to help him labor more abundantly than all the other disciples and apostles because he found the grace of God, the favor of God. So what does the grace of God do in a person? You know, most of you know the scripture, but for those that don't, turn with me to, to, uh, to Titus chapter 2.
Now, in these days that we have, we have a lot of what I call grace changers. They change the grace into a sloppy thing as to say that the grace of God basically gives them a license to sin. That because of God's grace, that God doesn't see their sin and he covers over it and they can go on sinning with this grace. But that's not what the grace of God does at all. Here in Titus chapter 2, it tells you that everyone is given this grace. The Bible says, verse 12 says, teaching us, it says, verse 11, I'm sorry, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Everyone's welcome to receive this grace, this favor of God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will what? Draw, Draw all men unto me. So everyone is drawn, it's whether they respond to that drawing, whether they respond to that favor from God. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. Why? That he might redeem us from all sin. That was the purpose of Christ's coming. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, weird like you are, zealous of good works, wanting to do what's right. Zealous for it. Having a great desire. Making every effort to. We don't have that much these days. The, uh, these things speak, exhort, and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise their youth, Timothy. But he says here, the grace of God teaches us to deny all ungodliness and worldly lust and to live sober, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Okay, so that's what the grace of God does to bring us to that. Now I want to go through a few other scriptures. Go with me. To 1 John. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Wesley. I'm sorry. I didn't see you up there. Go ahead. Thank you for telling me that. Um, yeah, in, in Romans chapter 5, to go along with what you're bringing out about the grace of God, uh, verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So you're standing by how? By faith into this grace in which mm -hmm. you stand. So you're standing with the grace of God from beginning to end. It's not a one-time event. And so sometimes like you could be like, well, you've already done that. You've taken up your cross. You've denied yourself. You know, we, we go to Galatians chapter five, verse 24 and say, those who are Christ have crucified past tense. Yes, this is true. But you still have, that does not nullify the fact that you have to hold to that position. That's why we, you know, we went to First Corinthians chapter ten, but First Corinthians chapter nine, like the last verse, verse I think twenty four, Paul says he keeps under his body, he keeps it under subjection, and that's something that continues. And you need this grace in order to stand. You need this. It's not just you. It's mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. something that continues on, and it's a process of leaning upon the grace of God to always make a way of escape. That's First Corinthians chapter ten that we were in, verse thirteen, the one that we're always saying. You know, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but He Boy. makes a way of escape that you would be able to bear up under it. That's the grace that you will continuously need to lean upon your entire Christian walk. It's not it, it, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, 
they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So there's a synergism from beginning to end. It's not just monogism, which means it's not just you. It's not just God. Synergism means it's you and God. That's why 2 Corinthians 6, 1 says, we are workers together with him, lest we receive this grace, we receive this grace in vain. So that's from beginning to end. you got Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that obviously says you're saved by grace through faith. And then verse 10, you know, we are, he, he's created us in Christ Jesus for good works. So this is this working faith that you're work out your salvation with fear and trembling from beginning to end. Okay, let's take that scripture you just said. Go to, go to Philippians chapter 2. I was going to go elsewhere, but since he just named that scripture, uh, let's go there a minute. Now, uh, uh, Brother West very, very vividly uh, brought out that uh, where Paul said, I keep under my body, I bring it under subjection. And, you know, someone could take that and, and say, you know what, I'm doing everything. I'm keeping under my body. I'm bringing it under subjection. Lest by any means, you know, when I preach to others, I my, my, myself should, would be a castaway. We can even take scriptures and say, hey, you have not yet resisted sin to shedding of blood. It's all on you. And that's what I want to find out. Is it all on you or is it not? And, and I, I, I made mistakes in my past where I began to think it's all on me. And that's where the scripture came, came to the place where he that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Because I, wanted, because I was missing the other side of it. You have to have both sides. And I know some people preach that, like the, the, today's false church preaches that it's all God from the beginning to the end. It's, it's all God. It's nothing you, and if you'll ask them about anything they, that they did that looked good, the first thing they will tell you, it's not me. It was all God. It's all God. Because they're so afraid to say that they did anything. But I want to show you, we're going to go through the scriptures where it does say that you do. But I want to show you the other side too. Now, we can have a tendency to, to go out and say, you know what? Everything that the false church does is wrong. And that's not the truth. A lot of what they do is right. But you can't just take it and go with they do because we know a lot of what they do is wrong too. And just a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why you don't go and participate with that and partake with that. But you can't just get where, you know, when the scripture says something, you have to give heed to what the word of God says and do it right the way God says to do it and not do it wrong the way somebody else may be doing it. Because you have that side over there on that side, the pendulum, that tells you it's all God. It's all God. Don't, don't take any glory. Don't, don't do anything. It's all God. You know, so that you can just rest and because if you do anything, you'll glory, you'll glorify yourself and don't, so don't do anything. Then you got the other side of the pendulum where it says, it's all you, everything you got to do it. You got to, you, you're in repentance by yourself. You walking this out by yourself. God said you do it. He did everything already he could do for you. Now it's your turn. You do it. And, and so you're on the other side of the pendulum. So I want to see about getting right in the middle of that pendulum where it's a good balance in the Lord. So let's look at both sides of this and see what the scripture says. So he brought out those scriptures, which were really, really good. But let's go back to, the, to Philippians, where he talked about this. And let's go to Philippians chapter 2. He brought up, uh, 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 Brother Wesley brought out a scripture here in verse 12. And I want to finish that scripture because, there's, there, again, there's a, there's a synergy right here. Look at verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Isn't that a blessing that they always obeyed? 
Isn't that a blessing? Now, uh, now much more matters. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Man, we can just stop right there and say, man, let's go to work, guys. You've got to work it out. And it's true. You must work out your salvation with fear and trust. That's what the Word of God says. But what about we read the next verse? For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Whoa. Well, you just said to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now you're telling me it's God that's doing it. You see what it's saying? It's both. It's God even willing and working in you. Do you know that Romans chapter 2, let's just turn there a minute, Romans 2. Romans 2. Look, look what Romans 2 says. Go there. And we pray this, of course, with our, with our children and all and people that we, our loved ones. But look what it says here in Romans 2. He says, Or despisest thou the riches and goodness, I'm just going to skip the other part, and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. Wow. That's verse 4 of chapter 2 of Romans. It's the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance. God leads you there. He called you and brought you through that place of brokenness. That's why we pray sometimes that, Lord, do whatever it takes to bring that person to lead that person to a place of repentance. That's what you need to pray with your children, with your loved ones, with everyone out there you share with. Pray that, Lord, whatever it takes, bring them before it's too late to that place of repentance. So that's important to know. Speaking of the, of the grace of God, a good way to, uh, the Bible says that uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, it, you know, you, most of you know the scripture of Eli was even talking about the other day where it says not to forsake the assembling together of yourselves as the man of some is in verse 25. Then he goes right to verse 26 and says if anyone sin willfully, uh, there, there's no more sacrifice. And, and uh, if anyone sins willfully after that you have, you have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for your sin. And he goes on down in verse 29. He says, how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and it counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified. He was made holy. This guy was walking in holiness, walking in righteousness. And then he counted an unholy thing. And had done despite. That word despite means insulted the, the spirit of grace. You can insult that grace that's working in your life. That's teaching you to deny all ungodliness and worldly lusts. That grace that's working you to labor more abundantly. You can insult the gra grace of God. By turning your back on, on your walk and go back to the world and walk in that way. You, you insult the grace of God. You crucify Christ afresh and, you, and over, over again. Now I want to go to 1 John, if you would with me, to the last chapter in 1 John. First John chapter 5. In verse, uh, no, I'm sorry, guys. Would you, would you forgive me and just go to the book of Jude? I, I, got, I always get that, those, that scripture mixed up with John, and it's in, it's in Jude. I'm saying, well, I wonder why it's not here. It disappeared. <laughs> Jude, verse 21. Keep yourselves, he says, in the love of God, 
looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So what is he telling you? You need to keep yourself in the love of God. Matter of fact, in 1 John chapter 5, 18, you remember that uh, the scripture says that he that is born of God does not commit sin. He that is begotten of God keeps himself and that wicked one touches him not. Well, here we have it again. Keep yourselves, it's saying. Well, let's go down to verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you. There's a keeping of you and a keeping of yourself. God is keeping you and you keeping yourself. Does it take both? Absolutely, it takes both. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So he's, he's keeping you, but yet you're keeping yourself. Praise the Lord. Huh? Go ahead, Brother Eric. Thank you, uh, brethren. Hey, um, yeah, so important. You know, uh, we, you know, we just go back to the basics and we see that we were all created in God's image. Part of that image is free will, choice. Um, otherwise, it would be up to him. You would be a robot. You would have no choice in the matter. It would be up to him. But since he, he made you in his image with that choice to make a decision. So that's important. Proverbs 6, 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm -hmm. You see the synergy that uh, Brother Wes was talking about. And then just one other scripture here in Joshua 24, 15. We're familiar with this part of it. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So it is choice that we have to make, a decision that we have to make. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, even Proverbs 16, 1 says the preparation of the heart belongs to God, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So the Lord's going to direct you through what? Through his word. The answer of the tongue is from the Lord, but you prepare your heart. So there's even synergy in the preparation yeah, of he the meant heart. To say the preparation of the heart belongs to man. You said God, yeah. the preparation of the heart belongs to God, but it actually it says man. I, I know you meant to say that. Sorry, uh, preparation of the heart belongs to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So that scripture right there shows that there's synergism. God, through his word, comes and speaks his word, and then he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment through his spirit. Then you respond, and that's like what Don was saying, draw near to God, and then he will draw near to you. See how that right there is, shows a perfect synergism of how it transpires. God has initiated it through his word. There's an external conviction, if you want to say a visitation of his spirit. And then if you respond to that, then there's a habitation of his spirit where he comes and he makes his home and abides within you. So in Jude, if you just back up to verse 20, I think this is good. It says, but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. See, the, the, verse 21 says, keep yourself in the love of God. But verse 20 talks about you building yourself up by his spirit. See, it's the work's not done 
initially. There's a, still a building up by you praying in the spirit, you know, and, and so this is why even 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, it says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. See, it's, it, it's not just a done deal at, at, at when you come to God. It's not that you just crucified the flesh. There's no more battle. It's done. No, this is why he makes the way of escape after you actually are had been saved. Now you're facing temptation. You have the shield of faith with which you will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. But this is something you must lean upon God and his grace entirely from beginning to end. And if you don't, you're going to take heed lest you stand. And then you're going to try to stand in your own strength and your own might. Um, even with you go back into the old Testament and you look at Genesis, uh, judges chapter six, you're going to see this with Gideon. See, God didn't have a problem with Gideon and it being said, it's the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. See how there's a synergism. God mm -hmm. didn't have a problem with it being the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, as long as Gideon didn't try to stand in his own might. See, that's why he had to reduce the army down from multitudes and multitudes down to 300 men that were going to be totally reliable upon God from beginning to end. And that's what made them a strong army. That's what made them sustained. That's why God's power could be behind them. And, and, and God's the one that spoke to Gideon when he was in the threshing, you know, in the wine press threshing wheat. He said, behold, mighty man of valor. And he's like, I'm the weakest of my tribe. You know what I mean? God's speaking identity into him. And then he's responding to that. And then he obviously has to cut down the idol in his father's front yard. You know what I mean? And out of that, God's able to do some miraculous things. And that's what he wants to do with us as a body. We obviously have to respond to his voice, but we have to also rely upon him from beginning to end and follow him. And this is in Revelation chapter three, verse 10, it says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that shall come upon the whole earth. See the synergism there? It's you keeping his command and then God keeping you to persevere, just like what Jude says. One more verse and I'll turn it back to you, Don. Uh, well, here's two verses. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, it says that he might present himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such things, that 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 she should be holy and without without blemish. So who's going to present you? He's going to present you. That's verse 27 of Ephesians chapter five. Now, if you look at Colossians one verses 21 through 22, it says, and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, but yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh to present you holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. So who's going to do that? He's going to do that. He's going to present you holy and blameless. But then verse 23, just like Jude, you know, this is your part. Verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith grounded steadfast and not moved away from, from the hope of the glorious gospel. So see, he does his part, you do your part, and then you continue in that relationship from the beginning of your, the time that you got saved to the end either when you die or Jesus Christ comes back. Amen. So what you're seeing here is the question would be, well, are the people in the false church right? 
Is God keeping you? Is God doing it? Is God putting it in you to will and to work according to his pleasure? Is, is that right? <laughs> Y'all hesitantly say, <laughs> is it right? It's right. But it's not all right. It can be devastatingly wrong. Okay? But you have the other side that is left out. Because you must keep yourself. He's keeping you, but, you're, but it's you keeping you. It's like God's not going to come to somebody and repent for them. He, he'll, he'll show you the way, but you must repent. But when you begin to repent, that's the drawing near to God. He's going to come and help you and bring you through it. It's, it's a synergy. So if somebody says, well, is it God doing it? Yes. Is it you doing it? Yes. Well, which one is it? It's both. Go ahead, Eli. Thank you. Come on. Yeah. James 1, 22. <coughs> I think it is. It says, pure religion and undefiled before God. And the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows and their afflictions and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Amen. Amen. That's right. There's a lot of scriptures like that, too. Uh, for instance, uh, I'll just name some from you. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Everybody knows that one, right? Awake to righteousness and quit sinning. What is he saying? That's something you do, right? He told you to quit sinning. He didn't tell God to quit sinning. He didn't tell God to quit sinning through you. He tells you to do that. John 8, 11, go and sin no more. You're to go and sin no more. You're to obey what he said. That's what, something you're doing. Matthew 5, 48, be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You're to be perfect. James 1, 22, I thought that's where you're going, Eli. Uh, be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. There you go. You're already thinking of these. They come into your mind already. So it's something you're doing. You be doers. God's not going to be the doer. Um, Luke 6, 41, 42, he talks about thou, thou hypocrite. First, take the beam out of your own eye, so you can help your brother remove the moat from his eye. Something you're doing. Um, Hebrews 12, 4, resist sin through the shedding of blood. You're doing that. You're doing that. Uh, John uh, what, uh, uh, 5, 18, uh, well, we did the first time. I'm sorry, Luke, Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I say? You're to do that. I mean, all over the place. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is a good one. 2 Peter 3, 14. Let's turn there. Second Peter chapter 3. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's 1 John 3, 7, 3, 7 and 8. 3, 7. Okay, uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, Seeing that you look for such things of a new heaven and a new earth, he talks about where he dwelleth righteousness, be diligent. That means make every effort that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Make every effort. I just want to take a few scriptures about where it talks about so many scriptures that talk about making, making every effort. Look at um, uh, Philippians uh, 4, 13. I think it is. Let's see. I don't know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I think there's some more there. Let's see. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. 
No, that's not the one I was looking for. Oh, how did I get that? Um, look at, uh, wow, I don't know where I got all this. <laughs> um, look at Luke chapter 13. Luke 13. Man comes to verse 23. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive. That means make every effort to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be, be able. When once the master of the house is risen and has shut the door, and you begin to stand without and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to me, he shall answer and say to you, I don't know you from who you are. And of course, and then shall you begin to say, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence and have taught in the streets, but he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are, depart from me, all ye workers of sin. So he's saying, make every effort, make every effort to enter in at the straight gate. Look at, I don't know where it was, go to 2 Peter again. 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter one. Verse five. Talk about receiving the divine nature, the, um, the divine power. Uh, second Peter chapter one, verse five. Huh? Okay, yeah, we're going there too. Thank you. And besides this, giving all diligence, which means by beside this, making all Every effort to add your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, uh, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. Then he goes on down and he says it again. Verse 10, like Sister Linda said, wherefore the rather brother give diligence, make every effort to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Um, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything apart from him. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power. So he's telling you to be strong in the Lord. Then he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you're strong in his might also. So there's, there's such a, a twofold thing there that, that, that people have just completely missed. Um, so let's, let's take the other side now. Let's go a little bit on the other side. Anybody have any other comments right now? Okay, Brother Cedric. I wanted to look at First uh, Samuel, something that Brother West was saying reminded me of First Samuel. In First Samuel chapter 17, he's talking about David. And the Bible says in verse 45, it says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts with, I'm sorry, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite you and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the 
wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Um, since we're speaking of the power that David is, is doing something here, but yet he's doing it with the, the help of God. It's not just all David, but that David is, uh, is also being assisted by, by the Lord. And I was looking at also Matthew 19, uh, verse 26. The Bible says that Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so mm -hmm. with the, the help of the Holy Spirit um, and with the Lord, along with what we are commanded to do as well. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good, um, really good. Uh, go with me to, is, unless somebody else has something, Matthew chapter 25. This is so important because you, you can't just be on one side. You have to know that you're doing and you're giving all diligence. You're making every effort. But then at the same time, it's Christ working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's, it's, um, it's he's the one, he's keeping you as you're keeping yourself. He's there with you always. And that um, the man could think that, well, I did this, man. Or you could hear somebody really crying out and repenting and say, man, I'm, I'm having trouble with this sin. I'm, I'm having trouble breaking the sin. Well, you know, seek the Lord, you know, really cry out to God with all your heart. Ask God to help you, uh, you know, uh, work, work, uh, give all diligence to the sweating of blood. But at the same time, don't leave out the part of really praying and asking the Lord and seeking the Lord of fasting for the Lord to help you with that as well. Because we see that the Lord talks about praying and fasting, about about uh, uh, working these things out in the Lord, but crying unto, unto the Lord to help you. The Bible says that, that they that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40, uh, 40, uh, 41, he says, they that wait upon the Lord uh, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk in that thing. He says, but he gives strength, he says, to him who has none. You know, you may feel like you don't have any strength. I remember Daniel, when he was praying, he, he couldn't hardly stand up. And he said, man, the Lord quickened him, and he stood up, you know. So the Lord gives us strength. The Lord does fight the battles for us, praise God. But we, at the same time, do our part. And that's what is left out of the false church, and that could be left out of your life if you're just thinking it's all me. Okay, so I've heard people say, well, maybe I've even said in the past, well, the Lord did everything at the cross. Now it's up to you. No, he doesn't even leave you there. He's, he said, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the end. I'm, I'm helping you. I'm, you build up your most holy Pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm, gonna, I'm keeping you. I'm doing these things for you. So that's, that's what I'm trying to share and show this morning. Now, Matthew chapter 24, you remember there was 10 virgins there. And they were waiting on the bridegroom to come. They were the bride. There were 10 virgins, the bride. But five of them did not have any oil in their lamps, or, or very little. So that when night came, they all fell asleep and slumbered and slept. But then at midnight, the bridegroom came. And they all began to trim their lamps, but five of them didn't have any oil in their lamps. And they asked the ones who had it to give some to them. And they said, no, I can't unless I don't have enough for myself. You need to go and basically buy your own oil, you know, Get, go, go, go do what you need to do, but they were too late. It was too late then. You don't get a second chance. You know, once you go to judgment, it's over with. You're, you, what you did is, what you didn't do is over with. So the, the five that had plenty of oil in their lamp, 
They got in. But wouldn't you hate to be one of the five that didn't have enough oil in their lamps? They didn't make it in. They came back. They went and bought it. came back, and they thought they were ready, and it was too late. They couldn't go in. The Lord said, I don't know you, and he kept the door shut. Then after that, the Lord begins to talk about, and this is Jesus telling these stories, these parables, and he begins to talk about that a certain man gave talents out, and he gave certain talents to three different individuals. And to one of them, he gave um, how many talents to the first one? Five. No, to the first one, he gave, what, five talents, right? Um, unto one, he gave five talents, verse 15. Huh? That's right. Unto one he gave five. To the other he gave what? Two. And the other he gave one. And then when it was time to come back, he went to a far country, came back. And what did they do with their talents? To every man is given a measure of grace, the Bible says, and a measure of faith in, in, Roman, in, in uh, Romans chapter 12. Every man is given a measure. You have a measure of that talent. It's what you're going to do with it that makes the difference. If, you, if one man said, you know what, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm not going to share it. I'm not going to share the Lord with anybody. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to act like I'm a Christian and go to church. I'm going to do all these things. But I'm not doing anything with my talent. One man said, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to invest it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You've got to go and invest it. How do you invest it in, in, in people's lives, huh, Brother, Brother Kelly? You invest it in people's lives because you care about other people. The Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. How can you love your neighbor as yourself if you don't really care anything about them? You know, if you just don't even say anything. But you, but you invest it, and when you invest it, he's putting back oil, he's filling you up. David said this in Psalm 23. He says, man, he anointed me with, me with oil, and my cup overflows. He was overflowing it with the oil of the Lord. So when you, when you do your part and you take that talent that he's given you, that, that faith, that grace that he's given you, and you begin to invest that, then the Lord does something back to you, doesn't he? So it's both doing it. There's a reward there. And what does the Lord do? He makes you stronger. Because you have more all in your lamp. You're stronger in the Lord. Because he's using you. But what if you don't do anything with it? Then the Lord doesn't do anything with you. And at the end of the day, he took the one talent that he gave, that one, and gave it to the one that had five. And had the five guy with five talents got how many? He got ten. And he took the one talent the other guy had, and he only had one talent, poor fella. And he got that talent to the other one. And what happened to the one that had the one talent? Wailing and gnashing of teeth. He went to hell because he didn't use it. Because he was too occupied. Because he had too many distractions. Because he was too busy. Because he married a wife. Because he had to go see about his oxen. Because he had to go see about what he bought. All these different excuses. I got other things to do. So he wouldn't invest. It, and he lost out. But you see the, you see the, the, the synergy there. Yeah. Where if you, if you go, then he's going to give you something back. He even told his disciples. He, the disciples said, Lord, we left all for you. He said, whoever's left his wife, his lands, father, his mother, children, for, for my sake, he shall receive a hundredfold. You want that hundredfold in the parable, parable of the sower and the seed? Brought forth a hundredfold fruit? He receives a hundredfold 
in this life and in the life to come. So what a, what a beautiful uh, analogy there of what the Lord does in our lives when we do what he said to do and we invest that in, in the Lord So with those ten versions. So what does he say? Don't lay up your treasures Amen. here on earth where rust and dust can corrupt it. You know most people are laid up treasures on earth instead of treasures in heaven. You know how you get your treasures in heaven? Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6. He said, when you do your alms and give to others and give your time, give your finances, give your everything to others, to the Lord, unto the Lord, then the Lord fills you up and you're building a treasure in heaven. So he says, labor not for the meat which perishes, but labor for the meat of eternal life, of walking in the Lord in that way. Amen. So we see many scriptures on both sides. We see where the Lord says, like he quoted earlier, draw near to God and I'll draw near to you. Then right after that he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, you double-minded. Then he goes right after that. He says, be afflicted, mourn, and weep. Why are you being afflicted and mourning and weeping? So you'll get what you're asking for. Because when you call out to God, he's going to give you what you need. And we need to always be calling out to God. Because we need him all the time. The Bible says in uh, 1 Chronicles 16, 11, it says to seek the Lord and his face continually. Amen. And so, yes, we are to seek him continually. Yeah. Even after we found him, the Bible says, obviously there's, there's a scripture in Jeremiah 29. It says if you search for the Lord with all your heart, you know, you find him. We found him here. But yet we continue to seek the Lord and his face continually um, for his guidance, for his direction, you know, for the Lord to direct our steps. And it's just like Cedric when you go out and you're sharing the Lord. We pray, we always pray, you know, all of us are praying and seeking the Lord because we don't want to go out there on our own. And so we pray and we ask God to give us courage, to give us boldness, to put aside everything of our own agenda, to go out there and give it all that we have, to not be afraid, to not be fearful, but be courageous because the enemy can attack us so like, you know, something could happen to you. What if they reject you? What if they tell you this? What if they bring all this? Because they're going to do that. They're going to do that. And, yet, and almost when I go out, I was telling my wife and, and, and Taylor, I always kind of put in my mind, like, to almost tell myself, like, I don't care what, they, what anybody says about me. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care if they're going to hurt me or kill me or cuss me. I don't want to care, and I don't care about any of that. And it helps me when I go out because that's what comes to your mind is, like, you know, you, you feel you get this attack of fear of what is the other, how is the other person going to respond to what you share with them? And sometimes, man, it gets ugly. They're very ugly to you. I had that happen yesterday, you know, but, but you know, what happens is, is we do that. Why? Because I want this. And then I, when I do that, I say, okay, now, Lord, prepare hearts. Let your spirit go before us. Let your anointing go before us, Lord. Prepare those people's hearts so that when we talk to them, they will respond. Open up the ears. Open up the eyes. We need your help, God. We need you to do it, God. Are we doing it? Yeah. But we need you to do it too, God. So, so you see that city. And don't ever make the mistake of going one way or the other. 
Well, God, you got to do it all. And, you, and you've got, I know some people say, well, I'm having trouble with, uh, with pornography and, and uh, I'm, still, I'm still looking at it and all that stuff. I'm just waiting for the Lord to deliver me from it, to take that desire away. I've heard people say, I'm just waiting, God, to take that desire away. So uh, I'm praying about it, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm still doing it. No. He tells you to put it away. Will he help you when you begin to cry out to him? Absolutely. But you need to take the step. Go ahead, Brother Wes. Yeah, his word will not return to him void, but it's going to accomplish what he sent it to do. That's Isaiah 50, 55. But then in Isaiah 55 also, it says that let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous mm. man his thoughts. Then the Lord will abundantly pardon. Then the Lord will have mercy. So what is it? It's God's word gives you power. You take him at his word, and then you respond by forsaking your ways and let the wicked man you know, for, you know, stop his, his thoughts. And so there's a synergism in, in Matthew 25, like what you're bringing up, you have the wise virgins, you have the foolish virgins. So then the wise virgins have extra oil. If you look at like Ephesians chapter five, it talks about, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy spirit. So this is not just a one-time deal. It's something that be being filled, I think is how some people have said it, but you it's, it's a stimulation that you continue to walk in. So then therefore your, your lamps never get depleted of oil. So you're leaning upon God from beginning to end. You're, this is what trust, true Amen. trust That's would a good, be. A I biblical like trust would be I like that wording. trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways. This is, this is the posture one must have from beginning to end to keep their lamps full. But what does this do? This this makes it to where you have no room to boast, not even just for initial salvation, yeah, yeah. but all the way to the end of final salvation. So why is this important? You look in Matthew 25 and you see that the people that Jesus was saying, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. What have they said? When did we do this? They, they were just like serving, like what Luke 17, 10 says, when you do all that you were commanded to do, say that we're unprofitable servants, because why? You're only just doing what the spirit of God is leading and guiding you. And like what Don said, you can do nothing apart from the father from beginning to end. You could do nothing apart from him. Just like Jesus, Jesus didn't do anything apart from the father. He's our example. It was an entire life in his ministry. He was always mm. leaning upon the father's voice, mm. not my will, your will be done in second Timothy chapter one, verse 12. I don't know if you went to this verse, but I think this is a really good mm. one. It says, uh, Second Timothy chapter one, verse 12. And then I'm just going to give a couple more verses because this is, you can't be lopsided. And that's what Don's trying to say. If you, mm -hmm. if you let the pendulum swing one way or another, you go from one ditch to the other. What does the Bible say? You know what I mean? Just because the false system does it wrong. Don't take that and run to the Amen. other side Amen. of the ditch. Amen, brother. You know, so second yeah. Timothy chapter one, verse 12 says, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for, for I know whom I believed. So he knows whom he believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. So Paul here, he's saying, 
that he is able, who? God is able to keep what, what, what Paul committed. So Paul has his part. He has to commit something, which is his life, losing his life. But he knows that God's able to keep what he's committed. I mean, that's an amazing verse. That's like what Jude talked about. Uh, you know, keep yourself in the love of God now to him who is able to keep you. So then there's the synergism. And in 1 Corinthians 1, 7, here's another one. So that you come no sh short and no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end. So who's going to confirm you to the end? God's going to confirm you to the end. So that that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he confirms you, he keeps you, he, you know, uh, in first Thessalonians chapter three, verse 13, for the sake of time, you guys can go back over these, um, instead of turning to them all to the end, this is what Paul says to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before our God, even our father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he establishes you, he confirms you. And, uh, and I think you, you had a verse and that was, um, uh, what was that? And in Peter, you talked about that. I think, uh, first Peter five, 10, I, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, yeah, but yeah, first Peter that would five, go along with five, that. Nine. Yeah. I was going to bring that one out too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, while he's doing that, I want to give you another verse before first Peter five, nine, you can hold your place there, but look at Philippians chapter one also. A very similar verse to what he read in Timothy is in Philippians chapter 1, right up to Ephesians. Um, and it says, uh, let's go down there, Philippians chapter 1, um, in verse 6. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this, of this very thing, thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. See that trust there in the Lord? That the Lord is the one that begun the good work in you. And he will keep it as long as what? As long as you're keeping yourself, right? There's a keeping of yourself as well. So it's trusting the Lord, like you said, with all your heart. And he will, and being confident in him and trusting in him. You, you want to say something? Okay. Um, so go with me now. What we said in First Peter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amen. You remember that. <laughs> First Peter chapter five. Very important, good scripture. Um, you know, which we've done in verse six. I want to start there. Gosh, it's all good. In verse seven, it even says. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And we must always stay humble in the Lord and humble ourselves to his word and be ready for correction or whatever he has to show us. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Just like, draw, just like the song we said, come unto me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, but you cast all your cares on Jesus. Thank the Lord. Then he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary... The devil, as a ruling lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. You know, some people act like there's, there's no devil. They don't have any armor on. They don't, they don't pay attention to any armor. And I see this, and I'm like, are you even fighting demons? Are you in a warfare? You act like there's no warfare, like everything's just fine. 
You're in a warfare for your soul. And and you're not being vigilant and watching out to see what's going on around you? So you got the devil doing all these things and putting these thoughts in your mind. Your mind's not even on the Lord. It's on other things of the world. And your Bible says, be alert all the time. Jesus said, watch and pray. He's saying here, be alert. You do have an enemy. If you had somebody out there and you had an enemy trying to rob your house, what would you do? you just say, oh, nothing's going on. Everything's just fine. You'd be out there like, hey, man, what's, what, what's, who's over there? What you doing? Well, you got an enemy. He's knocking on your door, and he's wanting to get in, and you need to put the arm of God. They don't even pick up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the enemy. They just listen to his voice. Hmm. Listening to their worldly or a fake Christian music or whatever they're listening to or watching their TV or, or doing their sports or doing their hobbies or whatever, and they just, they just got their mind on other things. The Bible says to put your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ and don't make any provision for the flesh. But what he says, be sober, be, be vigilant. Be, why? Because. <laughs> I like that word because there, Bridget. Because. There's a reason for it. Because your adversary. Who's your adversary? Your wife? No, she's not your adversary. Your husband? No, that's not your adversary. Your boss? No. But you got an adversary. It's not flesh and blood. The devil. As a ruling line. He's not a ruling line, but he comes like a ruling line. He's real loud up in your ear with the emotion, with the feeling. What is he doing? He's walking around looking, just looking for somebody that he can do this to. Are you a prime candidate for the devil? Are you a good candidate for the devil? Do you, are you, have, do you have the armor on or you don't have any armor on and you're a wide open target for him? Because if you don't have the armor, that's what you are. You say, well, I put the armor on every morning. Well, why'd you take it off at night? <laughs> Leave it on. Yeah. That's why I said be vigilant. Watch out all the time. Most of the time, the enemy comes during the night, doesn't he? If you're going to rob a house, he's going to try to come at night like a thief in the night. That's why he calls it that. Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Don't have dialogue with him. Don't sit there and talk to him. Resist him knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. We all get it, guys, that are in the world. But look what it says, but the God of all grace. So this is telling you to do something. You resist him. You be diligent. You watch out. Now, what, what, what's going to happen when you do this? But the God of all grace, who's that grace? Paul, like Paul said, it was the grace of God that I labored more abundantly than all. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that you've suffered a while, resisting the devil, having the trials and the temptations, all those things that come at you, what's he going to do? What's God going to do if you do that? Ooh, he's going to make you perfect. Amen. He's going to establish you. He's going to strengthen and settle you. You want the strength of God? He's going to give it to you. He's going to give you his strength. Remember in Acts chapter, eight, Acts chapter 1, the, the Lord told the disciples uh, in Luke 24, I'm going to give it to you in just a minute. In Luke 24, he says, he says, listen, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to send you my promise, what I promise you. He, he told him, he said, it's expedient that I, in, in John 16, it's expedient that I go away. For if I go away, then the comforter won't come. But he said, I'm going to send this comforter to you. I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait there. Just wait in Jerusalem. And so they get to Jerusalem, they're right there in Jerusalem, and they, they pray to the Lord, what, what you going to do, Lord? What you going to do for us? 
You're going to restore the kingdom? You're going to make the millennial kingdom come in now? We're going to, we're going to, there's going to be no more devil, no more false prophet, no more beast? You're going to restore it? He said, no, it's not that time. It's not my time. Not, not, he said, that's up to the Father. He said, but this is what I will do for you. He said, I'm going to send that promise that John the Baptist talked about where he said, I baptize you with water, but one shall come greater than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He said, that's what's getting ready to come. He said that, that the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And he said, and he said but when you were, in at one age, he said, when you receive the Holy Ghost, he said, with the comfort with the Holy Ghost, you're going to receive power to be witnesses for me all over the world. But after that, the Holy Ghost will come on, you will receive power. That word power there is like dynamic power. So you see, you're doing your part, and God gives you his power. He gives you his strength to stand up. We can't stand up in those places and tell, tell people about Jesus. Some people are scared to do that because they don't have the power, Sister Bridget. You guys got the power. Look, let me tell you something. Man, I just got to pour my heart out to all of you guys today. You got something the whole world don't have. The religious world don't have it. And it's just such a few of us. And you know, we're sitting around and we're talking about the power of God and the things of God. The, the scripture says in 1 John chapter 4, he, he, he talks about that. He says, whatever you ask, I'm going to give it to you. Why? Because you keep his commandments. How many people keep his commandments in this world? Hardly any. So what he'll do, he'll take you, just you few little people, and he'll reach out to all over the place and do miracles, do wonders, do whatever he wants to do. Why? Because you of his few. He needs to start believing God and trusting God and walking in the Lord and knowing his strength. Walking in everything you do, but walking in everything that God does and cry out to God. God, use me. God, give me the right words to speak to people. God, give me the conviction to, to want to witness to everybody. God, take away any fear that I might have. God, let me, when I pray for people, that, that things happen, God. You know, so that, because you're, you're a peculiar people. You're the people of God. You're the ones that these scriptures are written to. Use them. Act upon them. The scripture says that, here's another one. I can do all things through what? Christ, who strengthens me. Who strengthens you? Christ is strengthening you. You are made more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says. Romans 8 says that he, call, he calls you always a triumph through Christ who strengthens you. It's all through Christ who strengthens you. 1 Corinthians 15, he says that, oh, Sting, where's your death? Great, where's your victory? He says, for the strength of the law is sin, but thanks be to God which gives us the victory. He gives you the victory, praise the Lord. So that's where the victory comes from. So I wanted to clear that up today so that you, you begin to like, you know what, I'm going, to make, I'm going to give every effort to do the will of God, but at the same time, I am trusting God to do what he wants to do through me, and I trust the power of God in my life. I trust that him with me wherever I go, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I trust all that he strengthened me, that he perfect me, that he did it. And I'm giving the praise and glory to God. And I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as well. Amen. You see the synergy. You see the, uh, the balance there. Not one side, not other side, both sides. That's right. You had something? Amen, brother. Great word. Praise the Lord. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, which we quote and we've memorized, it says that the Lord is faithful. 
and will not allow us to be tempted more than we can bear, but will provide a way of escape. So the Lord is providing a way of escape for us, but our job is to resist the temptation to the shedding of blood. And that is the synergy there in that text. I Amen. wanted to bring that out. Also, for people that are in the world, people that are in the modern-day uh, church that may ask the question, if we can be perfect, why would we need Jesus? And I think that this uh, entire message that we've preached this morning have answered that very question, that if we can be perfect, why do we need Jesus? Because it's Jesus that is keeping us while we're walking in that. It's the Lord who's giving us strength to walk in that. And none of us are saying by any means that we do not need the Lord to do that, but yet the Lord empowers us to do that very thing Amen. that he has commanded us to do. And so I just wanted to bring out that question to clarify that because as we're on our journey ministering and evangelizing, there are times that we will come across someone that will make a statement as such. And so I wanted to bring that up. Great word, brother. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you also, at the same time, Sam was saying that uh, of Jesus making us perfect, and you also are doing what he says and being perfect. Amen. There's the synergy there. Yes. Uh, somebody else? Brother, Brother West, go ahead. Yeah, it, it, the tendency of man is in a time of desperation, let's say like when somebody turns to God with all their heart, they're like, Jesus, 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 take the will, take the will. And then once Jesus takes the will and it seems like he gets them right back on the narrow way of the right way, then they want to take the will out of Jesus's hands, push Jesus into the back seat and say, I got it from here. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's what we don't want people to do. We want Jesus to keep the will, not, not Jesus, ta Jesus, take yeah. the will. Yes, but Jesus keep the will yeah, and he's going to keep directing you. That's why we believe in the gifts of the spirit. That's why, or, or the, let's say the, uh, the callings of God and, you know, what God has put in the body of Christ. And if you look at first Corinthians chapter 12, it says that he ministers his, uh, his, uh, the things that he wants to do, the gifts of the spirit as he wills, as he wills. And so this is why the gifts of the spirit are of a necessity because then it really keeps everybody humble because it's according to God's will and everybody continues to stay submitted to him. And Jesus keeps the will and works through his spirit to his church. And then, you know, he directs the, you know, that he, he directs people. You see this, if you read the book of Acts, you're going to see the spirit directing. He directs Paul, you know, to, you know, he wouldn't let him go into one city. This is in Acts chapter 16 and keeps him from going into another city. See how there's just a reliance upon the spirit of God that you see in the early church, but that was never supposed to change. And this is why they were able to walk in power. If you want to say, well, what's the secret to, to walking in the anointing or the power of God? It's always staying yielded to his spirit and be in, in looking to him to direct your life or the ministry or the people of God. And then out of that, I think that the power of God can flow. And that's why I said with Gideon, you see it getting reduced down to 300 men, his army, because those 300 men are not going to boast in their own strength. They're not going to think that they can stand in their own might. They're always going to be relying upon God. And therefore God could be that deliverer and deliverance. And then they're going to keep sin out of the camp. But, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's the helper. He's the advocate. 
um, you know, that that's that that's the reason why we believe and why we're saying that the gifts of the spirit and all that God wants to do, they did not cease. And we need each other Amen. as a body Amen. to each member supplies. Amen. And because each member supplies and we're submitted one to another in the fear of God, especially to those who speak the word and teach the word as elders and shepherds, it literally keeps us humble because, you know, we, we're not taking the will. We're saying, Hey, God, lead us. Amen. Hey, God, show us, Amen. direct us. Amen. And, and I think that that's, that's where the power of God lies. And that's where, you know, where we could stay strong in him. Uh, this morning, I want to, I want to say uh, to Carrie, uh, I see you're on this morning and I, and I want to say this to you, Carrie, I, I know you've had a lot of struggles and all of our hearts go out to you. We're praying for you uh, very, very much. We love you. And I, I just want to give you a little brief uh, story and I, we'll close. But th this message, I think, was a lot for you today also in that as, as you cry out to God and you make every effort to do what you're supposed to do in the Word of God, at the same time, cry out to God. Uh, like Cedric mentioned earlier the Scripture, you know, with men, some things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. When you go and you meet the Lord, there was a woman, uh, Carrie, and, and I'm not saying you're anything like this woman was, but we're, we were all like this woman was. And this woman was well known in the city that she lived in as, a, as being a very much of a sinner. Uh, she had, was in whoredoms. She had, everybody knew what kind of woman she was. Uh, Jesus at the time was, was uh, in, in, in Simon's house and um, some other people's house, and he was visiting there and having having a, a sit together and, and, and uh, being served with different things. And uh, he had gone in the house, and uh, it was a tradition a lot of times that they would wash your feet. Well, no one washed Jesus' feet because their feet would be dirty from walking on sandals and walking in the dust of uh, the streets of Galilee. And uh, they were sitting there, and, and uh, this woman comes in the doorway, and she doesn't say anything to anybody, but she goes and she stands behind Jesus. And as she stands behind Jesus, she's, she's crying. She's upset. She's hurting. She's lived a life that, and she's she realized how desperate she was not to have this sin in her life anymore. And, and she was very, very broken, very, very much of a contrite spirit, probably trembling as she was there. And she had to have a lot of nerve because being the sinner she was, she knew that other people knew what kind of woman she was. And it could be very embarrassing to her to come up into a place of then knowing her and what type of reputation she had. But at the time, same time, she was so desperate to be delivered from her situation that she said, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I've got to get what, I'm, what I need. I've got to get it. And I heard this man, Jesus, is the one that I need to get it from. So as she stood there, I guess she was thinking about it and what she had done, and she began to just weep. And as she wept, the Bible says that her tears from her face was falling on Jesus' feet. And she was taking oil and anointing the Lord with the oil. may have been the last bit of money she had to buy that oil. And she was anointing him with that. And she saw, I guess, her tears going on his feet. And his feet had not been washed. So you could imagine that it probably made little muddy spots on his feet. And she got down on her knees and she began to take her hair 
and clean his feet with her hair. And if you're a woman, the way you look means a lot, and you're not going to want to take your hair and get it full of dirt and filth. But she, want, she knew what she needed, and she, didn't, she was desperate. She didn't care what it took. And she took her hair and began to wipe his feet with her hair, crying. And, uh, and so one of the, Simon, one of the head guys at the house, began to think in his mind, he said, you know, he said, this Jesus here, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't have nothing to do with her, is what is this in, my, in his mind. Jesus knew this, the man's thoughts. And he, Simon, he says, Simon, he says, Simon, you see this woman? He says, when I came in your house, you didn't, you didn't wash my feet. Since this woman got here, she has not stopped washing my feet with her tears and her hair. Simon, you didn't anoint me with any oil, but this woman has anointed me with oil. And he said, woman, he says, woman, broken, the woman was broken. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. You've got to be desperate to get to Jesus, Carrie. You've got to be desperate for what you want. You told me the other day, you said, I'm at rock bottom. That's a good place to be. Because when you're at rock bottom, you can cry out to Jesus, and he'll hear you with that broken and contrite spirit and say, Jesus, I need you to help me. And this message this morning was like showing you the Lord is here to help you. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares about you. He loves you. We love you. And come before Jesus in humility and wipe his feet with your hair and your tears. And the Lord will make you whole as you do your part. That woman did her part. She went there. She led, didn't care. She was embarrassed. She don't care what nobody thinks of her. I got to get to Jesus. That's how we got always have to be. When I go share with someone, I don't care what they think about me. Yeah. Some guy was at yesterday. He was saying, I know you since you was a kid. I know all that stuff about your family. I know all that. I don't care what you think about me. Is what that woman said. I just know one thing. I got to get to Jesus. I got to get some help. Hallelujah. He's here to help you. Cry out to him. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. Thank you, brother. I'm so glad to be part of the bride of Christ. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you, what God has done in my life and what he's done in your life. I was crying this morning, praying, and I said, God, let me help your people. May I always walk 
in a way that would be a good example to others. May you guide my tongue of everything that I say or do so that I won't be an offense to others and be able to help them in their walk. Because I want to do what you want. I want to be pleasing to you, God. I want to be used by you to help the people of God and to mostly to please you, Father. As we heard the story of the woman they cried out to the Lord, we're all just like that woman. We all were just as rotten and done things and were just as bad. But the problem with Simon was he didn't realize that he was just as bad as the woman was. He needed help just like she did. The Lord made a way for us where there was no way. I know I for myself was like the woman and didn't deserve to have anything, but maybe she was giving her last shot. Maybe she said, this is my last rope. Maybe the Lord will have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just maybe the Lord will forgive me and blot out all my sins. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And give me the victory to walk in Him and be pleasing to Him and spend eternity with Him. Just maybe He'll do it if I can go in that house. If I could just get in that house. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus was in a house with his disciples, and he said, I'm going to take care of things for you. I'm going to die for you so that your sins can be blotted out from the past, and you can live in unison of life in me. He said, but you must do something before I go. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he took that bread, and as he broke it, he lifted it up, and he said, this is my body that I give for each and every one of you. If you want to be part with me, take it and eat it. And they ate. After they had taken the bread, he took the cup. Oh, my Jesus. He said, I'm going to shed my blood for you. I'm going to give everything I have for you. I'll forfeit my life so that you can have life. I'm going to drink this cup that is before me. Drink it with me and receive me. What song do we have that's close to to cast your cares upon Jesus? What song would we have, brother? I know, that's it. Yeah, let's do that one again then, okay? Let's do it again. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Lord.
Jesus said, Come unto me, all of ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus said, come unto me, all of ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you and learn, learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. Jesus said, Come unto me, all of ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Take my on you and learn, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. Jesus said, come unto Who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is Jillian, I'm going to ask you, if you would, would you close us in prayer, please, sister? Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, just humbled and so grateful, Lord, for everything that you've done in our lives. And Lord, sometimes our heart is just so broken and burdened, Lord, for the lost, as we just spend hours 
every day, Lord, just reaching out and trying and hoping for one to surrender their lives. Lord, that we would just see that that narrow road just got, um, just adding one more person, another person, Lord. But Lord, as we just know that you were in control of every heart that is either softened or hardened, Lord, that we do not want to give up, that we will continue to strive and to be found worthy in our own walk and to be an example for all of those around us, that we would be that light and to just honor your name and everything that we do say and think, Lord, that we would be able just to be ready at all times, Lord, to surrender our tongue, Lord, to be able to speak the truth, to know the truth, to be in your word, to, to hold on to it because it is the life that we need, the living word of God to transform those that are hungry, that are thirsty. So Father, we thank you for this day where we could just all come together, Lord, and to worship you and to study your word and to transform ourselves, Lord. Lord, may we be uh, fruitful, Lord, in going out and sharing with people on this Sunday morning. <sighs> Lord, we thank you. We praise you in your mighty son's name. Amen. Thank you, Jillian. And thank all of you for being with us this morning's service. God bless you. We'll be meeting again Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. May the Lord be with you. I hope this uh, service blessed you and that you will go in the power and the might of the Lord and do the will of God. Thank you all for being here. Travis, it's good to see you today. What a blessing to have you with us also today. All of you that's with us. Devin, great to have you today. Shayla, of course you, Kara. Carrie, I'm sorry. Eric Deschatel, good to see you, brother. Uh, all the brethren, God bless all of you. Have a wonderful day. Christopher, what a blessing you are, brother. I saw your note, beautiful note you put down there today. All of you, thank you for all your anticipation. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful day. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And also, I just want to encourage everybody to like, and uh, if you can, give this video a thumbs up so that, you know, we can multiply the, God can multiply his effort in what he wants to speak and how he's bringing out this message. Just thumbs up the video. It, it takes a few seconds to do it. It helps it build, you know, in YouTube enough to where it gets out to more people that's a part of you contributing to helping the ministry get out there. And also, if you had anything that you wanted to add that you didn't get a say, wait until the video, the live video is done, and then put a comment in there, maybe a verse that came to you that 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 God spoke to you that confirms what got brought out today. Put it in the comments. Just wait for the live feed to stop because then those comments help the alg algorithm in YouTube, and then it helps this message get out there. It's just would be a blessing, you know, just try to, you know, even older videos, you listen to them, make some comments on them. It helps the ministry get out there. It helps God's word get out there. Um, so I just encourage you to do that. Thank you for that, Wes. Yes, we want to use every avenue we can to reach the loss. And we're very, very thankful uh, on the videos that we have done and the services we've done. We've had over, over 100,000 uh, viewers and uh, we have over a thousand subscribers so we're very thankful for all that the lord sends that we have an opportunity to make some impact in those lives thank you like wes said and thank you so much and for being part of it because everyone can be a part of and is part of this ministry god bless you guys have a great day